Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Fi fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Adam Smith. Adam, it's really good to see you. It's been quite some time since I've seen you last. How are you? It's been a long time. Um, getting used to bubble life, really, over the last sort of few months. We've uh, we had fight camp in, uh, in Essex. Then we've been to Milton Keynes. We've been to Peterborough. And now we've sort of set up at Wembley for the next few weeks. Um, I think this is the best bubble, um, yeah. Michelle. So you're, you're, you're <laughs> fortunate to find yourself in this one. Um, it's brilliant, actually. There's, there's lots of space. The media room's fantastic. There's some games next door, there's a great gym, the food's terrific. So yeah, look, it's, uh, it's a different way of life at the moment. Um, the most important thing is the, the health and safety of everybody, um, particularly in our sport, the fighters. And um, yeah, it's been uh, uh, something we've had to adapt to, uh, get used to, uh, the testing, the isolation periods, and uh, you know, different for the fighters to be sort of under the spotlight the whole time with media requests and bumping into each other's camps. But uh, look, it's, um, it's working. We've got fighters fighting again, and that's the most important thing on both sides of the pond. Uh, you know, they, they need to box, and um, fortunately the elite sport can carry on during this lockdown period. So we're very grateful for that. More importantly, we, we finally have boxing back. Uh, that's what I was the most excited about, whether or not we're in attendance, we're able to watch it on television, which is exciting. Uh, I really want to applaud you guys for uh, Sky Sports for making the fight this weekend between Katie Taylor and Miriam Gutierrez available for everybody to see. Uh, was, it, was that part of the plan to sort of put, add more expo exposure, I'm sorry, uh, to women's boxing? Yeah, look, I mean, women's sports are massive a part of what we do at Sky, and I think it's really important when women's boxing is is going through this huge boom period to, to make sure it's accessible as possible so that, you know, we do try and sort of widen it out and um, and, and show show everybody what, what a great platform it is for, you know, these fantastic ladies to be competing on. Um, you know, I know, look, Eddie got a call from Casey Taylor four years ago and she made her debut in the same venue um, over the road at the arena. And, um, you know, in, in, in that time, the sport has just, um, it's just exploded and it's fantastic. You know, we've, 
been so proud to to have been a major part of that. Um, and women's sport, you know, it's it's huge for Sky, whether it's netball or it's cricket or it's golf or any of the other sports. But for boxing, you know, we, we had Jane Couch many years ago, who was a, a pioneer, uh, great character. Um, and at the time, you know, she, she was she was always sort of telling us to, to cover her fights. But I think, you know, almost she came a little bit before her time because the matches weren't great then and the spotlight and it, it was, you know, it was in a very different place. And, and I think what, what happened was Katie Taylor, you know, became the, the greatest of all time as, as an amateur. Um, the London Olympics, you know, gave her the platform. She carried the flag for Ireland. Uh, I was there with Johnny Nelson. We saw her fight Natasha Jonas and the incredible atmosphere there. She went on and struck gold. So did Nicola Adams uh, for Britain. And um, we also had Savannah Marshall as a scholar at Sky. And, you know, we, we sort of went through for sort of, you know, quite traumatic years with her as she sort of found her feet in, in the amateur, what became a world champion. She froze in, in London. She then won Commonwealth gold. And, you know, now she's become a world champion in the last few weeks as a professional. So to sort of enjoy those journeys. And they're just fantastic. You know, Katie's wanted to fight since she was a, a young kid. Terry Harper's inspired by her. Rachel Ball's, a, you know, a social worker who's, who's, who's done it the hard way. There's some fantastic narrative out there. And it's giving the, uh, the women this, this wonderful platform. So not only is it going to be on, on Sky main event and, and arena and mix and the sort of usual linear channels, but Facebook, YouTube, everybody's going to get a chance to see this triple header, this innovative show on Saturday, um, which we thought about a, a number of weeks ago. And I'm so glad, Michelle, it's come to fruition because it's really important. Um, and I think since lockdown, the women have given us this, these fantastic fights. You know, it's uh, Harper and Jonas, oh, know. you know, <laughs> Shannon Courtney and Rachel Ball, you know, the performances of Savannah Marshall and Chantel Cameron and, and Katie Taylor, obviously, in the two fights she's had with Delphine Bassone. You know, and, and, and Katie is the, the trailblazer. If Jane Couch was the initial probably pioneer in Britain, in Ireland, Katie Taylor has become one of, if not the greatest sports people of, of her generation. Um, she's, she's loved everywhere you go in Ireland. You know, she's loved by, by kids all around the world. She's a great inspiration and uh, she's as, as lovely out of the ring as she is ferocious inside. So it's brilliant. And I think it's, um, it's, it's a show that I hope everybody tunes in for on Saturday night because it's a show with a real difference and a real important message. In four years, we've been able to see Katie turn professional to becoming undisputed lightweight champion. It just goes to show the importance of not just the women working hard, which is what they do every day, but also the backing of networks, of the, the people who have all the financials who are able to make this happen. So I applaud you guys for being a part of that process because for the longest time, and even I've been doing this nearly nine years, I had always wondered when we were going to see this happen. And finally, here we are. And I'm, I'm just really happy to be a part of the process. It's brilliant having women in boxing like yourself full stop. You know, um, when I was running the, the boxing team, you know, it was, it was a major part of my sort of, um, I don't know, my plan to get you know, really good women into the business. And, and we did. And we've got, you know, fantastic women at Sky, Sarah Chenery, who directs so much for us. Jenny Blackmore has been our production executive. Uh, Beth Taylor, now married to Darren, is, was, was, was wonderful as a sort of central part of our team. Leanne Johnson-Arneson's a wonderful producer in the making in, 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 at Sky. There's so many, you know, Sarah Hornsby, our uh, 
fantastic uh, PA. There's been some brilliant women come through, and of course Anna Warhouse, our presenter, you know, she's done fantastically well to sort of, you know, front you know the show for a number of years now. And uh, so we've, you know, look, we've got we've got great women in the business. But I think what was important was that the great women in in the sport in boxing should have had their opportunities too. And I think when Eddie got the call from Katie, you know, I remember him calling me and saying, Katie's been on the phone, and I'm like just snap her up because at that time I was mentoring in the early days of, of Savannah Marshall's sort of scholarship at Sky and um, you know and, and I, I was just like I was blown away by Nicola and, and, and Tasha Jonas and Savannah and, and sort of the, the athletes we had in Team GB at the time and then suddenly Katie comes in and I've got Irish relatives and we spent a lot of time in, in West Cork and so obviously I, I've known the Katie Taylor story for a long long time and that was just music to my ears when that happened and Barney Francis who was MD of Sky at the time and, and uh, Sky Sports and a huge boxing fan and was, was instrumental in sort of you know really bringing boxing back to a massive casual audience you know over the last 10 years alongside Eddie um, he was you know all for it too so it was fantastic it just worked and I think with the sort of development of, of women's sport everywhere and the the push that we rightly have at Sky yeah. for women's sport um, I think it's great that we have you know boxing can be as you know unpredictable difficult uh, sport to work on and to sort of push at times but but this is a great one and um, it's fantastic seeing all these women in the lady warriors in fantastic fights and uh, long may it continue the matches are good the you know the, there's so much out there you know you look at you know what Rachel Ball could do if she goes on and wins Terry Harper and she could fight Tasha Jonas she could fight Katie she could fight a hero you know and then Katie has got huge fights you know uh, out there with whether it's the winner of Cecilia Brackers and Jessica McCaskill you know whether it's uh, Cyborg and a sort of cross you know there's so many things that we could do Michelle which is fantastic and as Eddie said you know they're, they're unifying titles and, and it's almost sort of maybe easier for, for the women at the moment to be able to do that and so uh, yeah look we're right right alongside Matchroom and hopefully we're pushing boundaries and that's great for the women. Well I applaud you guys for doing so. Uh, Adam I really want to talk to you about a few of the hot topics trending at the minute yeah. in the sport of boxing. Um, firstly I want to ask what your thoughts were on Deontay Wilder's video accusing Tyson Fury, along with his team and on his own team, Mark Breland, of sort of conspiring against him. Uh, however, that is, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm never in. I'm never in the room when uh, officials are observing the gloves being wrapped. But from my understanding. There are very many people present, so that would mean that it would almost be insinuating that the Nevada Commission was also involved. So it, it's, it's a tricky one. It's an interesting one. So uh, what is your thoughts on it? Yeah, there's always um, members of the other team observing the, the, the gloves wrapping, etc. My thoughts of it are probably like 98% of people out there, bizarre. Um, and I, look, I think with Deontay Wilder, he's a, I've, I've known him for a long time. We've worked with him for a long time. Um, he's, I like him very much. Um, he's, he's a real character. He's, I think very different sort of off camera to he is on camera. Um, I think he's always sort of had this bronze bomber uh, garb around him. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of an alter ego and, and that's how he sort of pumps himself up. But, you know, I'm sure you've 
spoken to him a lot of times off camera and, and he can be very gentle and he's you know obviously got um got a, a wonderful family and a daughter that's gone through all sorts of problems and he's you know he's a man of the world he's come over to britain many times he's got friends in sheffield he's he, he goes off scuba diving he's a cool character and i've always liked him um Look, I, I was there, I flew over for the Fury um, Wilder fight, the second one, and I thought it was one of the great wins by a British fighter on foreign soil that I've ever seen. I thought Tyson Fury was fantastic. I thought he absolutely got it spot on. He said what he was going to do and he went and delivered it. And I think to take away Fury's performance um, doesn't sit right with me because I think Tyson Fury uh, proved that night that he is a, a wonderful heavyweight champion. And, you know, he most people thought that he, he got the better of Deontay Wilder first time around. I did. I thought he, he won the fight Fury. He got up off the floor. You know, there was always the danger that Wilder would, would, would knock him out for the, on the second time. But Tyson Fury was punch perfect. And I think it's a shame that any excuses you know, a given, let alone the number that Deontay has come out with. Now, I'm not sure if that's what he needs to do to get himself motivated. If, if he needs this to make sure there is a trilogy fight, I don't know. I'm not in the camp. But, you know, as I talked to Shelley Finkel, who I have a lot of time and a great respect for um, uh, very often. And, um, you know, Shelley was, was sort of adamant that this was going to be the next fight, Fury and Wilder. Uh, it hasn't happened. It looks like Fury fights December the 5th here. And uh, it looks like, you know, while it's going to end up in court, it's going to battle on and Wilder will try and get that chance. I'd much rather see Deontay Wilder, you know, rehabilitate in the ring, you know, and, and make sure that he, he gets back and whether he fights Fury or he fights a, an Andy Ruiz or Dominic Brazil or whoever it may be, that he gets back in the ring and that he, he proves that he can become a world heavyweight champion again. So uh, like most people, I thought it was a, a very strange and, you know, in, in, in many ways a disrespectful to Tyson Fury. But look, that's that's what he's done. Um, fighters come up with, with different ways of dealing with losses. Uh, it was his first loss. Um, has he dealt with it in a way that he would deal with it, you know, down the road when he looks back at this? Will he think differently? I don't know. That's certainly what Anthony Joshua was saying last week. You know, will he think in a few years back and think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But it's all part of a learning thing. And if that's what Deontay Wilder needs to do at the moment, that's his prerogative to go out there and say whatever he wants to, to stir it up. It, it, it sits to me a little bit more the bronze bomber talking than Deontay Wilder. So, um, as I said, I just don't think anything should be taken away from the, the shine of what Tyson Fury did in Vegas in February. Remember, that was the last time we had big crowds. That was the last time we had, you know, that, that, sort, of, that sort of stage. We all miss the crowds, Michelle, so much. And I think that night was when boxing got it absolutely right. It was a fantastic night at the, at the, uh, the MGM in Vegas. It was a great crowd. It was a terrific, you know, build up. And, and Tyson Fury won, in my eyes, fair and square and dramatically. And I don't think that should be taken away from him. But Adam, does a video like the one that he put out, we know that, that Deontay has, has said things that have been relatively controversial, yeah. but do you feel that this video could hurt his legacy? Well, that's again, you know, his legacy are gonna be decided on what people think of him. Um, look, there's no question that Deontay Wilder has been a breath of fresh air in heavyweight boxing over the last few years. American, outspoken, um, and he punches harder than anybody else of his generation, certainly, you know, as a heavyweight and a single punch. I mean, he's phenomenal, the power, ferocious, you know. We were there ringside when he knocked out Dominic Brazil, he knocked Luis Ortiz out with one shot when he was, you know, in, in trouble in that fight. And, and it just, you know, even against Spilka, when Spilka was winning in, in Brooklyn and suddenly he comes back and absolutely takes him out. You know, he's gonna be remembered for his frightening power. 
and his character. And look, you know, you love and hate fighters. There's always a sort of, you know, the good guy, the bad guy, the narrative, the story. You don't always love what, you know, what everybody does. And, and, and you know, you, you, you carve your own sort of niche out. You carve your own story. But I think, yeah, look, I, I, whether it will affect his legacy, what happens in the ring? I mean, if he walked away now, he'll be probably remembered as a, you know, a world heavyweight champion who, who sort of couldn't come back from a defeat. But... You know, uh, I don't know. It's 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 difficult. Only time will tell. Um, what I'd like to see is him get back in a ring, um, maybe rebuild a bit of confidence, and then um, and then fight. You know, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, anyone. You know, in the next couple of years. That's that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see whether Deontay Wilder can do it because people are now saying, did he have the boxing technique to be able to deal with Fury? You know, not on the evidence of that second fight, uh, but that power remains, and uh, it's frightening power. So you can never count Deontay Wilder out against anyone in the world, be it Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, or, or Dillian White, or anybody. So, look, let's let's see what happens. I don't. It's difficult because you and I are not around. I feel for Mark Breland um, in that. You know, I. Uh, but look, I, I'm very fond of Jay Diaz and, and Shelley and the whole team and as I said specifically of, of Deontay as well you know I've been messaging back and forth during lockdown and I've always found him you know really wonderful to deal with and um, you know I just I'm a bit more surprised that maybe he hasn't taken it and said look fair, fair play to Tyson Fury let's get back in the ring and prove it in there but he's gone a different way I don't know whether he's who he's been advised by to do that or whether it's his own his own saying a lot of people that know him say that he just says what he believes and you know, maybe that's it. But I, I've been surprised as well on fight weeks when he's talked um, in very controversial ways as well. But that just tends to be when the bronze bombers garbs up and he's, you know, he's ready for battle. He's not at the moment, and we're certainly training for a fight, but he's not in fight week. So, yeah, I found it confusing. Well, speaking of Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, obviously the fight that everyone, everyone wants to see, it would be the biggest fight, not just in the sport of boxing, but obviously be very meaningful for the British um, fight fans, because to my understanding, this is this is something we've not ever seen before. So am I correct? Well, we had Frank Bruno and Lennox Lewis uh, back in 93. All the belts? All the belts, no. We've had Lewis and Holyfield, obviously, which took a, a lot of interest for three of the belts, the undisputed. But if, if you're looking at, if there's a way of keeping hold of that WBO, which is going to be the problem with Alexander Rusik, but if you're talking about all four belts, no. And of course, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, polar opposites in character. Um, some people will be in the, the AJ camp that, that, that he would win the fight many others would be in the Tyson Fury camp so it, it is it, it has the perfect story and I think it would be you know the biggest the biggest fight of uh, of all of our times right. in boxing um, in, in modern times anyway um, but yeah so it would be in, in many ways completely sort of um, an inaugural way or an innovative way of, of sort of getting everything together with the two Brits fighting for it we have seen British rivalries before um, but not to the extent I think that you'll see Fury Joshua and if they could get a couple of fights in 2021 it it simply stops traffic right right exactly and it's honestly it's going to be the biggest thing we've ever seen in the sport of boxing if we can get there if we can do it for all the belts obviously we don't know what's going to happen like you said with the WBO belt but um the biggest question is with with the climate of things at the minute with COVID do you do you host an event like that without a crowd if you want it in England, because going at the state of everything, how, how things are being ran currently in this country, I, I don't really foresee 
big crowds happening in the next six months. So what happens then? What do you do? Do we wait and wait until we can have crowds? Do we move it to a different country where you can have crowds? Do you, you know, host it behind closed doors? I mean, what are the options at this point? Well, as with everything, it's about the, the finances. And I think it's incredible that, that sort of all the promoters, managers around the world who've been dealt this sort of weird deck of cards um, after the, during and after lockdowns and pandemics and all that that's happened this year. And, you know, as I've always said, look, the most important thing is everyone's safety out there. But they've done extremely well to be able to bring big fights back. You know, Eddie's did incredibly with Fight Camp and to have a Sky Sports box office event, you know, so quickly after uh, that first lockdown with, you know, Dillian White and, and Alexander Povetkin, Katie Taylor, Delphine Persone, fantastic. Another one we had with obviously Usyk and Jezora. We've got Anthony Joshua in a few weeks against Kubrat Pulev. You know, then BT, uh, uh, you know, pulling it out with big fights like Joe Joyce and, and Daniel Dubois. And, you know, over the other side of the pond, you've had Lomachenko and Lopez. You've had, you're going to have Spence and Garcia. You know, there's some really, Javante Davis, Leo Santa Cruz, really good fights being made. So I think everybody deserves real credit for that. The key is to make the, the blockbuster fights, to make the massive fights. Of course, you need, you know, the gate. You know, that's that's obviously why Fury and Wilder 3 didn't happen, because every time I talked to Todd DeBerf and Shelley Finkel, it was going to happen and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, then they suddenly realized that you're going to run out of time with crowds. You know, we all miss the crowds, and I think it's going to take a while to get anywhere near full capacity back. I think you're right. I think it's going to be months before we get, you know, we'll have, you know, they'll start with a few and then it will just build. But really, you, you you want to see, you want to see a stadium. Know, you want to see seventy thousand at Spurs yeah. or ninety thousand at Wembley. Of course you do, and and uh, you know, will that happen by next summer? I think it's it's possibly unlikely. I'd like to see, like to think, and I've spoken to AJ's people about it. And I know, listen, I know Tyson and, and Anthony want this fight more than more than anything. And I know that the the fans obviously do. Everybody wants it, um, and they want to have two fights next year. I think realistically. We, you know, it may have to go abroad because I think I would like to see the first fight in Britain. It's an all-British fight. I'd like to see it, at, I think, at the new Tottenham Hotspur, not so new anymore, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that we were going to put AJ and Pulev on, you know, or Wembley Stadium here, obviously, but I think Wembley might be like, booked up with, with Euros and stuff next year. But I think, look, one of the big stadiums, that's where you'd want it first time around and then maybe have the rematch in Vegas or, or in uh, you know, another country that bid for it. We know where the money is. Um, but, you know, it is going to come down to that. Um, but I think the, the key point here is, Michelle, and that's whether it's the Alexander Usyk WBO issue. I think if Tyson Fury wins on December the 5th and Anthony Joshua wins on December the 12th, we, not we, it's not up to me, it's up to Bob Arum, Frank Warren, Eddie Hearn. They have a duty to the, their fighters and the fans to deliver these fights next year because we are close. And I don't think that the fact that you know it's going to take time for crowds to come back here should really affect the possibility of getting this this big fight on because what happens if one of them loses while we're waiting for the crowds we've seen that happen before of course, of course. and i think you know we saw anthony joshua lose to andy ruiz we saw tyson fury knocked down and almost out by deontay wilder things can happen very quickly you know fury would be hot favorite to beat wilder in a third fight but you know what happens if that had happened in december right. wilder would have knocked him out then you're going on to another fight and you know, is this destined to ever take place? We've seen many fights. Lewis Bow never happened. Hatton Witter never happened. Khan Brook, so close on so many occasions, never happened. So look, we don't want to miss this opportunity. Of course, we want to see it in front of 80,000 in a stadium. 
Carl Froch would say 79,900 <laughs> in the stadium. We want to see that. But we just want the fight, don't we? We just want the fight to happen and hopefully two of them, maybe three of them if they're, if they're that good. And I think we need to, to see who the best heavyweight in the world is. Anthony Joshua believes it's him. Tyson Fury believes it's him. So uh, let's see what happens beyond December. And we've got to get past this. Kubrat Pulev's a dangerous opponent for Anthony Joshua. He's being overlooked here, which I don't like. He's only got one loss to Vladimir Klitschko. He's tough. He's hungry. And he's got a confident. That he, that Bobby confident, and Anthony Joshua lost last year to Andy Ruiz. So there's there's an opportunity here for Pulev. Um, Tyson Fury, we wait and see. Is he going to fight Cabayel? And, and and he should beat Cabayel, who I don't think is big enough for him, but he's unbeaten. Um, you know, he's he's a decent opponent. And then if Fury and Joshua win, they'll have to get in a room and work out the um, you know the the to, I don't manage to dot the I's, cross the T's, all that, and get it get it on for the fight fans. Your fight fans. Everybody wants it, <laughs> yes, Michelle. I and I think that um, you know they, they have in many ways a duty because it's so close to deliver for their fighters. Mm -hmm. But as we know in boxing, you know, anything can happen and so let's not let's not, you know, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I always yeah. say that. I'm just glad that there may be options in terms of if, even if we have to move it to a different country to have some yeah. some crowd. Yeah. There are options. You know, we did AJ Ruiz's rematch in Saudi Arabia. We, you know, there, there are other countries that could be involved and maybe there'll be other countries that have bigger crowds, you know, first before us. But let's wait and see, you know, it's... Uh, well, it's been really nice for us in America. We've been able to see, well, fights that were supposed to be taking place in Los Angeles moved over to Arlington, Texas, and they were allowed 11,500 in attendance. So it was nice to be able to see the Dodgers won the World Series over there. Go Dodgers! Um, and it, but it was it was really nice to see that there was allowed eleven thousand five hundred people. Well, I think we're going to get that in the Premier League. There's going to be a time very very soon. You'd have thought after maybe this lockdown into January February where you know football fans are going to be back. But it's yeah. how many? Is it two thousand, three thousand, six thousand, ten thousand? You know that's you know that's that's problem. We were going to have Anthony Joshua and Pulev at the O2, you know, in front of hopefully a few thousand. But you know. It's changing on the daily rate. Right. Listen, maybe there's a vaccine that we now can all get excited about. And, you know, but I think that's also going to take time. And I think also people's confidence about going back into those sort of scenarios, those stadiums, you know, I think it will vary. Some people will run back into them. Some people will be a little bit more, you know, reticent and just wait. So uh, we just have to see how things unfold. And the most important thing, Michelle, is we've got boxing going on. You know, we've got some really good fights to look forward to to the end of the year. And um, I think 2021 could be a phenomenal year for boxing, providing everybody's health and safety yeah. is, uh, is, is paramount. And that's looked after first and foremost. Well, let's hope and see that we do see that in the come. I would hope in the next three to four months, I would hate to say six, eight months or even a year from now. But, um, you know, obviously, as you said, the, cli the climate is always changing. So cross our fingers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's uh, like I, I think it's amazing that we've been able to bring sport back in the way we have in the last few months. I think it's fantastic because, you know, people, especially in the lockdown we've got at the moment, um, you know, we've all got elderly relatives and we've got people that live on their own. And that's hard. That's really hard. And, and a, a lot of the uh, their pleasure comes from watching, you know, top sport. And it's fantastic this week. We've got the Masters. We've got, you know, Katie and, and, and the big night on Saturday for the boxing. We've got you know, there's, it's an international break this week, but the Premier League's back next next weekend. And, you know, that's it's giving you know, the cricket and the Formula One and so much that we've got on Sky is is, is, is driving, you know, is, is just 
it's giving some entertainment back to, to people right. when they need it. And right. I think, you know, the long nights, the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, the darkness out there, the cold and all, it's tough. And, you know, and I think people just want to be out and about. I mean, the amount of people that say, that when can we come back to a boxing event? When can we get to football again? But at the moment, listen, it's better having it on in this way. It's not the same. I promise you, you know, sitting in our booths, 10 meters back, commentating, you know, I'm two meters away from Matt Macklin. It's not the same. You want to be huddled up together around ringside, fans, media, everyone there. It's not the same. The atmospheres aren't. But, you know, the fighters aren't performing. They're the most important. They're getting back in the ring and they're giving us some tremendous action. And I think the action has been incredible in the last few weeks. So that just shows that sometimes, you know, you, you take that crowd away, you take the fact that a lot of them sell tickets and all the problems they got on the week, they're focusing on their performances and their performances are red hot. Well, again, let's cross our fingers and hope that we see some good news uh, after Christmas. It's nice to see you, and hopefully it, I don't go through such a long break before I see you guys again. I love being back to work. It's always, even if it's, even if it is a bit on the empty side and we all kind of have to keep our distance, um, it's, it's nonetheless been lovely. So thank you again for your time, Adam, and uh, make sure you guys tune in this weekend. It's on a Sky Sports's uh, Facebook, YouTube, website. You don't want to miss Katie Taylor take on um, her mandatory in Miriam Gutierrez, November the 14th. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, bye, fans. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.